0: Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton.
2: It is Monday, January 8th, 2024, season 19, episode number 103. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, and we're talking Cowboys and the NFC East Championship. They go last night. And uh, beat the Washington Commanders in convincing fashion. They went 38-10 on the road, nonetheless. And uh, so it sets up nicely for them. They are in the second seed. And pretty much everything you wanted to happen, if you're a Cowboys fan, happened to where the Cowboys have the matchups that you would prefer. Now, it's all playoff teams, so there are no guarantees when you get to this time of the year. But I would think the matchups play out the way you kind of want them. And uh, and so we'll talk about that a little bit as we go throughout today's show. We're going to recap that game a little bit and talk about some different performances uh, that stood out to us. I'll start first. Instead of doing what we normally do on a Monday where we look for the storyline of the game, I want you to give me a bigger picture storyline of the season. If you had to write a storyline for the 2023 regular season, what would it be? Patrick, let's give you the first shot.
3: Uh, I'm going to go with Dak Prescott's resilience. Uh, all everyone could talk about after last season was his 15 interceptions. That's the, the whole storyline for the entire offseason. And suddenly, even though that was clearly an aberration, when you looked at how Dak Prescott protected the ball in seasons prior to that, it was, oh, he's a turnover machine. He'll give the ball away. Uh, and we sat here uh, and in several of these panels talking Cowboys to break, and we started dissecting and said, okay, some of those are attributable to him. Some are miscommunications and mistiming with the receiver. Receiver on the back end, you come up more tipped, tipped, a lot of them night. were tipped, right? <laughs> Perfect example. Yeah. Uh, Though credit the Washington defense for no that, doubt. no one. doubt. Um, but they put in the work this off season, Dak Prescott, C.D. Lamb, Brandon Cooks, um, Jake Ferguson, these guys, and they got on the same page. You you credit Mike McCarthy with you know his installs for this Texas coast offense and the timing and things that they've been able, those machinations they've been able to get going. And now you're talking about Dak Prescott. Leading the, uh, leads the league, ends the regular season as the league leader in touchdowns to only nine interceptions, and the ninth was that kind of fluke-tipped interception against Washington. So, magnificent bounce-back season for Dak Prescott. Has him uh, in the MVP conversation right up against Lamar Jackson, and I still think that you know, it should go to Dak Prescott, especially when you consider he's able to do what he d- he did as far as leading the league in touchdowns with only nine interceptions. And he sat out several of the fourth quarters this season. So for me, that's the big picture, Dak Prescott. Uh, as if there were any doubt and there wasn't in this building, Dak Prescott is the franchise quarterback now and later for the Dallas Cowboys.
2: Ironically, I kind of wish he would have actually made the comment. That he was that was attributed I, to you, him. You're
3: messy. That
2: he I do. I, I wish you would have actually said that because that would have been and fun like at that. this point. But but yeah, no. Go ahead, Amber.
4: Oh, um, I think this is the year. I oh feel God. it. Oh, no. oh gosh! Really? No. Oh, no! Oh my oh, gosh! You guys it. are superstitious. <laughs> she stop! Said stop! It. Stop! You don't stop, say it out stop. loud. Okay. Well, you know what? Sorry. I'm, uh, oh no. I've said it before, and it never <laughs> oh, happened. No. So, well, then maybe, maybe that's why. why I
3: shoot! <laughs> oh no. <laughs>
4: Whatever, right. you what, gonna, okay. We're gonna like okay. I didn't so okay. exactly. say that. Start over. Okay, this is not the year, you know, we gotta... <laughs> shit, I, I don't know, I don't know. And by the way, I said shoot. I that didn't right. say something else. I said that shoot. on my list. accent. And, no, it was my accent. I didn't say that. I don't do that. I don't cuss. But it's a memorable...
2: <laughs> <laughs> These looks from Brian, it's hilarious. Go ahead, sorry.
4: Point is, it's a memorable season. You talk about all the... Okay,
2: we're let's here. gather ourselves. We're
4: here. It's a season where... Many, many cool things have happened, historical, yeah. his, historic yeah. things. We talk about Deron Bland, the records he was able to set. We talk about, finally, Jimmy Johnson getting inducted into the Ring of Honor. Such a cool moment. You already said everything about Dak Prescott, which he's having the best season of his career. He's playing the best football he's ever played. CeeDee Lamb the connection and the way that CeeDee Lamb has stepped up into that role and just looks absolutely great, everything that he's been able to do. So I think, like, just all these little things, all these little nuggets of uh, happening this season that is very, very special, it just leads me to think that maybe, you know, you got what it takes to compete. And I think that this weekend, the the setup and how everything fell through for the – fell into place for the Cowboys. I couldn't ask for a better opponent than Green Bay. I'm so excited for this weekend. Not only you're playing at home at AT&T Stadium, but also, you know Mike McCarthy is you know still it. pissed you know from it. last year. You know they, the Cowboys got beat at Green Bay last year, and then I think he's still kind of, you know, you you're, you don't get over that. You're, you're going to come in this weekend looking to get a win, and I think the Cowboys have everything they can to actually come out this weekend, compete, and get a win.
5: Mike McCarthy's willingness to adjust saved the season. Oh, yes. They were uh, they were not a good offensive football team to start the season. Uh, they had pieces in place to have a very good offense, but the way the offense was being run, the way it was executed, the first five weeks of the season wasn't going to be good enough for you to be 12-5 and, and and second seed in the National Football League in the – in this, uh, in this conference. And so his ability, his ability to listen to his coaches, to listen to his players, to look within himself and say this is not the way this thing needs to go, uh, I think saved the season. Uh, it wasn't going to be good enough. And I think he knew that. I give him credit for that. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to that point, Brian, I think when it comes to Mike McCarthy, I look at him
2: and I'm thinking this is why you hired this type of veteran coach yeah. because coaches have to understand that it's not about them. It's not about their system. It's about how do you tailor what you do to the players that you have. And as we saw, as we've seen the season go on, they have more and more, in my opinion, tailored this offense to Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb. And it is working. And everything else is an offshoot of Dak Prescott and C.D. Lamb. And I think that's a credit to the coaching staff yeah. and their ability to morph this thing from what it was at the beginning of the season when the results weren't what you wanted to what it has become now in one of the most prolific, from a record standpoint, maybe close to the most pro- prolific offense in the history of the Dallas Cowboys.
3: You know, one thing I love, just to interject really quickly, mm-hmm. when it comes to McCarthy, excellent point by Brian. One thing I love about McCarthy is since he's come into the, this organization, he has shown that he's not, uh, he is he perfect? No. Mike Nolan. But he's shown that he's not afraid to quickly move off of a a thought, an idea, a philosophy if it's not working. He's not going to hold tight to it for two years, three years, be it a coordinator, be it an assistant coach, or or just being you know how uh, an offense is run. So you talk about one year with Mike Nolan, he moves on. What does he do? Home run hire with Dan Quinn. Shouts to the front office for making that happen as well. You talk about uh, in, in a microbe this season like Brian said, you had a come to Jesus moment in week five against the 49ers. What do you do? You get in the lab. You get with your analytics team that has been revamped this offseason, which is something that a lot of people were worried about with Mike McCarthy when he came into Dallas. Is it going to be the old school, just old football coach, or is he going to embrace analytics? He's embraced it this season like we've never seen before. So all of that goes to the fact that uh, I just love how McCarthy is willing to look something in the face and take accountability for if it's not working, and then he fixes it. And that's why the Cowboys are in the position they are right now, three 12 and five seasons. Um, Clinched the division twice in the last three seasons, and like Ambar said, you are matched up favorably. You're you're getting hot at the right time. Your running game kind of found some legs against Washington, which we'll talk about here. Um, but McCarthy, he, for those that are saying, well, the Cowboys have to do this or this or this for McCarthy not to be on the hot seat, I get I get where you're going with that. But when you look at what he's been able to do in his short period of time here, McCarthy's not. He's
4: not anymore. on no ho- hot he's seat. Not, he's anymore. not going anywhere. No, he's not no. going anywhere.
3: Stop it. Stop it. No, you stop it. No, I'm talking. About
2: you. <laughs> no, worry, I know. Don't worry, don't
4: worry, I you. know. You, you know, know. Actually, actually,
2: actually, we're going to get to that a little later in the show because Jerry did have some comments. He was asked about that last night, uh, and I want to get some some comments from you because there are a lot of different ways you can read that. I kind of agree with you guys, but there are some different ways you could read Jerry's comments. Sure, yeah. And one thing I know about Jerry Jones, at least from what I've perceived in the years that I've worked in this building, is sometimes he doesn't like people to feel comfortable. Yeah, and uh, and I, I read from this and we'll get into this a little bit later. But maybe it's just a little mm. bit of I don't want anybody right around here right now to feel comfortable. Everybody should be a little bit on edge because that's when you get the I best like out of too. people when everybody's a little bit on edge. All right. Let's uh let's talk about Dak Prescott. You mentioned him, uh Pat. Uh last night he was 31 of 36, 86, 86% completion oh, yeah. rate. I think it's been four games this season. He's been over 80% completion rate. And by the way, this is an 80% completion rate, 86% percent completion rate when he's just dinking and dunking down the field. He's taking some shots in there, too. That's a great percentage. 279 yards passing, four touchdowns, one interception, uh, and 124.4 quarterback rating. You mentioned it, Patrick. I want everybody to give me an opinion here. Do you think Dak Prescott has a legit shot at the league MVP? And if so, how would you make the case for him?
4: Mm, I mean, he has a shot.
3: Legitimate shot? I think it's a legitimate shot. I think that up to this point going into week 17 week 18 you still had and, and obviously you still have the conversation of Brock Purdy for example. And obviously Who are
4: the uh, quarterbacks right now in the conversation? There's,
5: the one other. Yeah. There's the, just one it's, other. It's, it's Lamar and Dak it's that's Lamar one Jacks, and two yep. and it's for really, me that's right yeah. there and then yeah. you have
3: Purdy beneath them as far as yeah. he has justification for being in the conversation but it's neck and neck with Dak. Yeah, the numbers just don't match up for Purdy. I can't stress enough how much I love what Lamar Jackson is doing and also just as a sidebar because of when he came into the league how he entered the league and how everybody oh he's a running back and for him to put up the quarterback numbers he's putting up and get the baltimore ravens despite because they've had adversity as well and they get that number one seat so lamar jackson deserves to be there but for me and dak prescott it harkens back to number one the the level of improvement over 2022 so that's a big part of it as well because you look at all the work they put into the lab he and the receivers and the receiver coaches and the quarterback coaches shotheimer mccarthy they all went in the lab and then how here we are 2023 slow start to 2023, as far as offensively, what do you do? Week five, you get you know your ass handed to you. You have to come to Jesus moment, and he's been on fire ever since. C.D. Lamb has been on fire ever since. Like you said, they've C.D. Lamb and and Dak Prescott offense runs through them. Everything else is a ripple effect of that. They figured it out even when the run game has not been going well, which means that it was on Dak Prescott's shoulders to carry this offense and through C.D. Lamb to make sure that it kept moving forward. So for me, while Lamar Jackson is the most valuable player on his team, 100%. I'm, still, I'm 60-40 for Dak Prescott based on what he was able to do, the numbers he was able to put up, and without having to play as many quarters as Lamar Jackson had to play in order to put up the, those particular numbers. So for me, it's, it's Dak Prescott. And again, no knock to Lamar Jackson, well-deserving, um, great contender in this conversation, but yeah, look at the bounce-back year from 2022, and it's Dak for me.
5: One beat six playoff teams, the other beat three. That's so how you got to kind of look at this. And you look at the, the only real losses. Uh, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers have a good plan when they play Lamar Jackson. I guess they have the right personnel to match up with him. But you look at what they were able to do in Baltimore. Yeah, it's one more game. They handedly beat San Francisco. I think that's something that people will look at, you know, when you start to that's talk fair. about uh, common opponents. You know, how did they and the 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 Ravens played great defense that night in, in San Francisco, there's no question about that. But you you look at you look at how they got the number one seed, Dallas is the second seed. Was it all on Dak? Absolutely. You can say a lot of it's on, on Lamar Jackson as well. I mean Lamar Jackson would kill to have CeeDee Lamb as a receiver over there. He's got a really good tight end and some, you know, some, some good receivers, but not anything like C.D. Lamb over there. Uh, I just think that voters are going to look at the number of wins, the quality wins. The maybe the one thing, if there's a split, it might be what did they do head to head against one of the best teams in the league, San Francisco. That was a bad loss for the Cowboys, a good win for the Ravens. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the kind of thing that voters will look at. Especially when it's this close, and you got
2: two yeah. guys that yeah. really
5: they are deserving. Yeah. yeah,
4: well, I'll be honest. I I have a pretty biased opinion. Um, and mainly because – and you mentioned, Patrick, last year. We've been following Dak's trajectory for <laughs> – since Correct. the start of his career. And you kind of – you know, you see the things and how much he's stepped up and how much he's changed as a quarterback from last year to this year. And at times, there were multiple games where he was the ba- the one actually carrying the, the-, the-, the team. And we had many questions about that, many Unanswered questions, can he be that guy when needed? And he showed to be that guy with, without a set O-line, you know, yeah. healthy O-line without Zeke yeah. not having Ezekiel Elliott and that running back, quarterback, duo type of dynamic there. And we've seen those games for him and, and just everything. So, again, I, my my opinion is completely biased, I'll be honest.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I think he's got a legitimate shot. I agree with Brian though. I don't. I don't know that. It's hard to make the case that he's better than what Lamar. He's had a better season than what Lamar. And I think that's the key is those those yeah. wins against those opponents. Uh, you, I was looking at that last night. You got to love where Dallas sits if they're at home, right? They, yeah. The three games that they've played against playoff contenders, mm-hmm. they've won them at home. Yes, there have been four games against playoff teams that they have not won a single one. Right. So it's like, when you look at that, that's where you're kind of like, okay, if they're at home, I love the Cowboys. Right. They're on the road, I get mm-hmm. a little bit shaky. Yeah. Lamar hasn't had that. And, yeah. and so, and also you start looking at it and you start saying, okay, what was the signature win for Dak this season? Was there a game where maybe they weren't favored? Was there a game that they were against a, a, a really, really tough opponent and Dak just completely lit him up like Lamar did against San Francisco. Right. And I don't know that I have a game like that for Dak. And I don't know, you guys may have one, but I don't know that I have a game where I'm like, that was a team that Dak should not have done what he did. And and, and again, that's again, this is not a knock on Dak as much as it is just when you're parsing between two guys who are right. very, very close, both have had exceptional seasons. Dak has had a historic season. Yeah, In my opinion, the best of his career. But when you're trying to compare him to Lamar, I think there is a little bit of distinction there that I think the voters will actually take into account.
3: Yeah, it's, it's going to be a close call. But, yeah. I mean, every point that's been made on this panel today is a valid point in both directions. And that's why it, it's such a, a detailed conversation. Because, like you said, when you get to this point and you have two players that are this close as far as both being deserving, now you got to start nitpicking. Yeah, and, and that's the unfortunate part about it. But, you know, that's what it comes to.
2: Yeah. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, let's talk about the rushing offense. Uh, last night, a little bit better maybe would you'd say But we'll talk about that We'll talk about where they were good And
1: where maybe they struggled We'll be back DallasCowboys.com Radio Todd thought it would be secure To jog in the cheetah savannah Todd believed the big cat repellent He bought online was reliable And now Todd is trying to be faster Than this cheetah That can run 80 miles per hour But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G That is fast, reliable, and secure And he learned the best thing to do Is stop running And toss her the backpack With the beef stew AT&T 5G Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated.
0: Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper
3: Got your happy price, Priceline.
0: Back
5: to the break. Hey, this is the final day that uh, you can vote for this one. This is Walter Payton, the Man of the Year Award. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence, the Cowboys, he needs your vote. And uh, he's their nominee for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, presented by Nationwide. Help tank raise funds for Dak Prescott's Faith, Fight, and Finish Foundation by casting your vote on NFL.com slash Man of the Year or tweet your support using the hashtag... W-P-M-O-Y challenge. Voting ends on January 8th, like I said, and make sure you vote for Tank. Welcome back. It is
2: the second segment of the break. We're live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And uh, this segment is brought to you by Blockchain.com. All right, let's, look, let's talk about the rushing offense last night. Tony Pollard had 17 rushes for 70 yards, a 4.1 average, one touchdown. Uh, he did surpass 1,000 yards rushing for the season, uh, which was important to him. And as he said after game, even more important for the offensive line because that's a goal that they set every year. They want to have a 1,000-yard rusher. That being said, how would you assess his, his game last night and, and really the running game overall?
3: Um, from a polished standpoint, much, much better than against the Lions. Uh, and like I said, after the Lions game, I said that was one of the, the worst games I had seen him play as far as vision is concerned. And, yeah, he was you know getting contacted one, two yards in the backfield as well. Offensive line didn't do him any favors. But, you know, last uh, last week it was more so I didn't think that he made the decisions that, in that moment that he should have. Much better against the commanders. He was much more decisive. His vision was much better. Um, and I'd be remiss if I didn't give credit to both T.J. Bass and Brock Hoffman, um, for, especially for Hoffman. He was thrown in the fire. Zach Martin contracts his illness overnight. Uh, he was initially expected to play, but then at, at you know inactives came due, and he was set out. You look at Brock Hoffman and you say, hey, young man, you're up. You know, with the division and the number two seed on the line go and play some good football and damn it they played some good football so Hoffman, um, TJ Bass helped solidify the interior with Tyler Beatish, Beatish didn't allow any um, pressures and they were carving up lanes and then it was just on Tony Pollard and Rico Dowdle who looked fantastic with his reps as well to just make the right decisions and they did, the burst was there the vision was there, running game looks like it's uh, back on track, over 100 yards and this is what you wanted to see going into the playoffs you wanted to see several things against Washington the Commanders, that was one of those things. And the Cowboys,
5: are, it seems like they're on track with the running game now. Man, Tony Pollard loves to see the Commanders. He loves <laughs> those white uniforms that they wear when they yeah. play because uh, it, it was another positive game for him. He ran the ball with toughness, like Patrick's talking about. The vision was there. Hunter Lipke helped him a couple of times, too with some really good point-of-attack blocks. Yes. Uh, they were able to sort some things out up front, got some second-level blocks uh, that they needed. But it was just Pollard taking the ball and really attacking the line of scrimmage. And, you know, when when Pollard gets hit at or behind the line of scrimmage, it's usually a negative play for them. Uh, there's some times where they ran the ball in this game where I I, I noticed this, and I noticed it even more when you when you just sit down and watch one of when you watch Pollard every one of his carries for the whole year, there are plays that they will now scrap because they are asking a tight end to get a block that he can't get, hmm. or they're asking a tackle to get a block that he can't get by alignment. There are a lot of negative plays for Tony Pollard where he where Tony's usually great is making the first one miss, and we saw that a little bit yesterday, but. Going back and watching him play, just kind of having an understanding, there are plays that they no longer run in the running game because they can't block them. And, I mean, not physically. They can't get a guy to that. You're asking him to a, a tight end to be on one side and have to make a block completely on the other side, and they can't get there. And then it turns out to a negative play. And then you don't see that play anymore. You know, there needs to be more of that. Is that a play design problem? Absolutely. Absolutely. You're asking you're asking players to do something. And this is where the coaching staff I think has been real good here this year, is they, they generally ask their guys to do things they can do. But there's times where they think, Well, let's just try this. Let's see if we could get Ferguson to come in motion, stop and go all the way back to his right and block somebody. And then a bad backup linebacker for the commanders is standing in the hole, mm-hmm. you know, where he should have been accounted for. And you try to account for them by making some miracle block, you know. And I've seen this organ. I've seen, excuse me, this this coaching staff scrap plays because of that. They need to find them four or five plays of running plays that they're really good blocking, no matter what the front is, mm-hmm. and find a way to keep working those plays. It's not going to be about Tony Pollard running the ball. It would be nice. It really would be. That's not. It's, you know. That's all our hope. It's going to be about Dak. It's going to be about CD. It's going to be about Cooks at times, Ferguson. That's what this thing is going to be about going forward. You know, find your four or five plays, you block, you get hats on hats, and Tony has a chance. Otherwise, those plays don't need to be on Mike's call sheet.
4: Um, You know what? I was really pleased. Um, It wasn't great, the running game, but I was really pleased with the improvement that they had this game. And I was pleased with a lot of things, actually, to end the season. One, you win on the road. That has been an issue. You win with two backup offensive linemen. I thought they did a really, really good job in what was handled there. Uh, Two, I mean, three, third. You get <laughs> thanks, Ryan.
0: <laughs> Keep count of <there. laughs> it. Third, keeping around, Keep
4: it around running game. Tony Pollard being able to finish the season, the regular season with feeling good. I'm I'm sure he walked out of that game feeling pretty good. Better, or, yeah, and b- better yeah. than what it's been for yeah. sure. Um, and also the combination with Dowell um, and what he was able to do there too as well. Then fourth, <laughs> Brandon Aubrey. He misses two field goals, and then he goes on towards the last quarter to score, uh, to kick a 50-yarder field goal, which is great. You don't want him ending that game with a bunch of misses. Mm -hmm. So everything just kind of ended up. Work into the Cowboys' advantage. How you would rather see them finish the season—the uh, last game and defense, also the way that they played. And shout out—we were talking a lot about, about Mike McCarthy, but shout out to Dan Quinn mm. and everything he's been able to do. You talk about the linebacker position, yep. safeties, and having to do that whole combination, trying to figure out with what he's got on the roster. I thought he's uh, honestly done a really, really nice job. With what he has to work with,
5: yeah. The I tell you what, the linebacker play, Damone Clark had one of his best games. Yes, did, yeah. yeah, and I'll tell you uh, something: scheme specific that they did differently in this game, which I think is what we're going to see going forward. They played Micah kind of as a off the ball linebacker, but it was like he was a. It was almost like a the old Landry flex, where you know used to move the the three technique back off the line. Well, they put Micah like in a middle linebacker position, but they stacked. Clark behind him. Hmm. So what happened is you had your two down, your two down, your three and your one techniques. Then you had Micah. Then you had the linebacker stack Clark behind him. So now he was. It was like it was like three feet. It was like three yards, five yards. Wow. So what I didn't notice that. Okay. So what they did was they allowed Micah to attack the line, attack the line like a linebacker, but they ran Clark over the top. Is what they did. So, so he whatever, can run free. So he could run free. Yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. which way the play went. So they hand the ball to Robinson. Micah attacks the the tackles attack, and now you got a free runner. To go wherever, so it was it was Love a that. little bit of a scheme where to play Mike and not down with his hand down as a tackle, but you're playing him like a lineman near the line of scrimmage so he could go and run and make plays. Do you happen to remember what down and distance they were doing that? Like was that a was
2: that a run down type situation? Oh yeah, it was er,
5: it was early like you know, yeah. first downs okay. they were playing it, but it's something different scheme wise. It, yeah. it was a way of saying instead of playing him side by side. He played one up, which gave Mike the opportunity to go attack, yeah. which he's great at doing. And then Clark has the ability to run. It freed him up so much more. He was able to see it, and then he was able to go and, and make some plays that I'll way. have to go back and check that out yeah.
2: on film. That's a really, really interesting yeah. Yeah. way to play it. All right. Um, and real quick, I wanted to also mention, I, I don't know if it was just me, but when I found out that Zach Martin wasn't playing this game— <laughs> I literally had second thoughts as to whether Dallas should play Dak Prescott. He was calling
4: his wife. I, oh, my I, God. I really, I really have.
2: Oh, he in I, really have yeah. Yeah. I was like,
4: eh, I got a
2: playoff here. I kind of want my quarterback around because I didn't know what to think. Like, Deron Payne was still playing that oh, yeah. game. Oh, yeah. and, oh, yeah. and so I'm like – I don't love this idea, but you got to give credit. I got to give credit oh, yeah. to and Hoffman. I'm so sorry I doubted you. They played their they played their butts off, yeah. and it wasn't perfect. It Doesn't need no, to be perfect, it, yeah. But but at the end of the day, they did a good job. And and at the end of the day, Dak Prescott didn't have a single sack, didn't have a single quarterback hit.
3: That says something about how well
2: so those many guys. Times the yeah,
4: pocket was so clean. Yeah, yeah. he
3: was pressured only in less than 17 percent of his dropbacks. Yeah, he was yeah. pressured off. So had, I mean, when, those guys did great.
5: Yeah, when they go back and look at the the. When all the teams are done playing and they go back and look at the players, the free agents that played and played meaningful snaps, when the league looks at that, there are going to be a lot of scouting departments that were going, why did we not draft T.J. Bass? Mm-hmm. Why did we not draft him? Yeah. What, what did we not like about him? Because every time that he's got the opportunity to play, he stepped up. I'll tell you, Hoffman is, uh, antagonizes people. He really does. It's funny. I love I, I, it. After one of the plays, he got pushed by yes. three different <laughs> commanders on the way back to the huddle. I love like that. Like a guy he, shoved he in him. Head. That made you a really kicking. Yeah. His butt. Yeah. He, he got shoved. Yeah. And he kind of stumbles. He gets shoved again. He's stumbling even more. And now the third commander just shoves him completely back into the huddle. And he never turned around. He just kind of like he looked like a bourbon state drunk. <laughs> he probably he, he probably smirked boom, like got boom. him, yeah, got yeah. him. But, but that's but that's what he does. I mean, yeah. he he plays with that kind of He's that nasty. grit and that toughness. And it, it's as you said, it's not perfect. It's not pretty. Bass on the other side should be a starter in the National Football League. Mm. He could be a starter for a lot of these teams that Dallas has played this year where it's like, well, their offensive line's struggling. They don't have a guard. T.J. Bass could have been your starter at guard and you'd have probably been just fine.
4: Then. Well, with Bass, I mean, you know, he 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 has talent. You've been hearing about yeah. it since training camp. Everybody else speaks wonders of him from that side of the building. But with Huffman, we were talking about a pregame, mm-hmm. uh, Derek. The... He doesn't have much experience, and that was the question. I'm like, okay, what is? how is he going to look? Expect. We don't yeah. know what to expect. What is that going to look like? So it was great that he was able to handle it the way that he did.
3: And really quickly, and I want to flip back to the defensive side of the ball because Dan Quinn obviously deserves roses for the adjustments, like you, like you said, Brian. Um, but also, here's another week of Jordan Lewis and Donovan Wilson, two of your vet, your key impact veteran guys in your secondary, stepping up and taking the ball away and showing that they are in top form. And and this is, you talk about things you, you love to see going into mm-hmm. the playoffs. Um, you'd love to see Jordan Lewis back in prime form. you love to see Donovan Wilson back in prime form, taking the ball away. Uh, we'll see how the week goes with Stefan Gilmore. Fingers crossed. They're optimistic right now, but they're waiting for the MRI. Yeah. Um, but this, the secondary is, is making some plays. Malik Hooker is back to playing some great ball. J-Ron Curse is having a very good streak of good football games that he's putting together. Damn what Twitter is talking about. J-Ron Curse is out there doing some really good things. So when you have 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 the secondary coming on like they're coming on you have the linebackers playing like they're playing and Dan Quinn scheming them the way he's scheming them and you have your front four getting pressure no matter who your front four might be talk about Dante Fowler Sam Williams is getting in on the action Demarcus Lawrence is still being Demarcus Lawrence also Diggy Zua Um, Jonathan Hankins is back and Jonathan Hankins looked really good last night as far as gap integrity and, and controlling the run game in that line of scrimmage so all things are starting to point in the right direction at the right time for the Cowboys not only on offense but also on defense. Let's take our final break. We'll come back and we will talk about one
2: injury that did pop up last night. Is it serious? We will talk about it. It's Dallas Cowboys.com
1: Radio.
5: To the break. All right, here we go. Your Dallas Cowboys return home to take on the Green Bay Packers in Wild Card Round of the 2023 playoffs. Get ready to white out AT&T Stadium Sunday, January 14th at 3:30 p.m. on Fox. It's time to seize everything for playoff updates. Visit DallasCowboys.com/slash playoffs. Welcome back. It is the second segment I and mean, the final segment of the break. Did, did yeah. I cut you off? No. Okay. I, I was just thinking, man, that, no, all did. that white's going to show you're up kinda, with all that did. green. Get ready. <laughs> you're going to be, fight, we're gonna be fighting. We're going to be fighting Packer all? fans this weekend. That's that's what we look for.
4: Hey, if they show up like they did against, what was that? Jimmy Johnson. What, what game was that? The Lions. Lions. Yeah. If they show up like they did against Coward the Lions. That was that was the best crowd we've had good. in a really really Dude. long time. That was really really good.
5: Playoffs, Playoffs playoff playoff crowds good. here is usually pretty good. I remember yeah, that Detroit game was yeah. one of the one of the loudest. Was loud. That was the one where Dallas got the break on the, uh, the Romo threw the touchdown. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, but they got the break on the pass interference call. Hmm. So,
2: yeah, tough thing is that you know, you when you play teams like, by the way, there are, there are probably about four or five teams in the Travel NFL great. <clears throat> that are just like the Cowboys. They don't really play real road games. And yeah. what I mean by that is when they go on the road, there yeah. still is a good number of their fans in the stadium. Pittsburgh's like that, San Francisco's like that. Like they're just gonna they're just gonna be there. Yeah. Cowboys fans, same thing. When we go this week it was basically Cowboys fans. That was amazing at, at how loud stadium.
5: it was on TV. Yeah,
2: it was crazy. It was yeah. like a home game. It yeah. felt like a home game. But that all being said, like this is gonna be one where you're gonna have to and I'm sure the Cowboys will be prepared for noise yeah, in this home game to. because yeah. you're probably gonna have mm-hmm. quite a few Packers fans uh in the building because that's just the way they I mean that's just the numbers. Those those types of teams travel.
4: You're two teams, Brian.
5: Yeah, how about that?
3: You hear this Cowboys fans? Don't don't get don't let them outnoise you. Right. Yeah, right. They're coming. You yeah. can control that. Right. You way. can control yeah,
2: the end. There's coming. only one thing in a football game so. the crowd can actually control. <laughs> right.
3: That's the noise.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Do but, something about but it. But your team
5: needs noise. to help you though. Your team needs to play well enough to where you feel like That's you need nice. To, yeah. But regardless, <laughs> yeah. like if yeah. I'm going to a game and it's my team, yeah. I'm gonna do all my part. I right. can't control what you can do, I'm gonna do my part. What's your email that we can get tickets from you? I know you can reach out <laughs> from that. Let me just public service announcement. Let me make a public service announcement. No, let me let me
2: make a public service announcement. For everybody out there that might know anybody in our group, hmm. don't hit them up for tickets. I got nothing for you. Don't, don't hit them up for tickets. I really it's have. Just a, it's a bad yeah. look, man. I
4: made a it's post a just now. I I'm like, don't, <laughs> don't ask me look, for can tickets. I, can I
5: retweet that? I need to tell you I could sell, say, <laughs> If I could sell some of your art, can I have some of your tickets?
4: Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if
2: you haven't talked to me in. The last two yeah. weeks—that means you're probably start, not close yeah. enough to ask for tickets, They start crawling out you know? of the woodwork. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Bro, hey. Definitely, Go if play. I haven't talked to you high school. Also, also I'll my also my past. Hey, it's been a while. So and I'm, I'm like, like and and it's going <laughs> <to> you just <laughs> you sell your past <laughs> me and my past. All, All right, let's talk about let's talk about this defense last night. Stephon Gilmore ends up with an injury. He leaves the game with a
5: shoulder injury. What do we know about that injury, and how serious is it? It's subluxation, is what I was told last night, and they're still, as of two minutes ago, still waiting on the MRI on that. So this afternoon, I'm sure patrick or somebody like that if you keep checking on DallasCowboys.com, they'll they will have that injury update for you but yeah it uh, popped in popped out what they're checking about is there's anything is there anything tore or loose in the shoulder that's will determine i mean it it was he's talking about last night fine everything cool and all that today's the big day how sore does it feel you know is there any you know is there any range of motion in that thing so Mm -hmm. yeah it's uh it's a hold your breath on an MRI that nothing in there is torn. Yeah, and
3: that's exactly where they are. And, you know, the good, well, the optimistic side of it is that the Cowboys were not uh, pessimistic about it last night. And if it were something that clearly um, and definitively would have been you know something that ended his season we would have known that last night so there's at least some you know optimism there like brian said we'll know more when the mri comes back but uh fingers crossed he himself and again you know some adrenaline was going there so stefan gilmore said that he was he was going to play he told mike he's going to play he told media he's going to play said he's excited he's looking forward to it let's see how the week goes and, and hopefully that holds true because he's going to be massive for for a Cowboys secondary that's already without mm-hmm. trevon diggs yeah.
5: Every time I, they, they tell us, don't worry about an injury. We don't pro- say it. Don't. Don't say, don't it, it. Don't say it. Don't you pull it Don't you pull
3: it Don't you do
5: it again?
3: Let's,
4: let's, let's, it.
3: let's hope that it bears true. Let's just put it that way. That's well, how you frame it. Well, flu. <laughs> that flu. That, flew. That's that team it. that I said play. it last
4: week with Zach. I know you did.
3: <laughs> oh, and Zach is definitely sick. Saw him on the plane last night did, when you walked past him. Oh man, he, he bla- blanket blank up to the nose and like laid back. Normally he's like kind of chatty with his he teammates. He wasn't even at like, the game,
5: was he? They, they, I don't think he went to I don't, the game. I, don't I saw him earlier. I, ca- I saw him at the hotel he, he earlier that morning, the hotel. but yeah. I didn't see him at the stadium necessarily. Yeah. I saw him yeah. at the at the hotel. Yeah. Yeah. He no, might so. be sitting in the bus the whole time, just mm. waiting for you guys to get back. Yeah. yeah. So for those who are wondering,
3: oh, well, could Zach have played in that game? Yeah. It's argument. You, know, you could argue that he could have, but I'm telling you, I saw Zach last night.
4: No, it must have was- been pretty bad for him. Yeah.
3: Yeah. The play. Uh, yeah. It's whooping him the same way.
2: But we'll get into it. We'll get into Wednesday what this matchup looks like: Cowboys versus Packers. They got some receivers. That you got to be aware of. Yeah. And, uh, and so it, it still is it something. Seven to keep an of eye the on. last nine, I yeah, think. You, yeah, this, you got to be aware of this team, and then they can pose some challenges for you, especially if you don't have Gilmore. So we'll keep an eye on that and we'll let you know how that progresses throughout the week. One other thing on this defense last night, another really great performance. And they've really had three weeks here when they've played pretty good football. What do you attribute this to? Do you attribute uh, the, the defenses' play over the last few weeks more so to matchups, or do you think they kind of have turned a corner here and maybe getting back some of that magic that they had earlier in the season when they had Trayvon Dix and late Vanderesh still in the mix?
3: Mm, I mean, you could go to matchups, but I mean, when you talk about what happened with the Buffalo Bills, um, I mean, they just got run all over by the Buffalo Bills. They didn't even have to pass the ball because they were running so well. Bounced back well against the Miami Dolphins as far as the run defense. Um, but then you had the final drive where they allowed them downfield. And we talked about that because that's not entirely on the Cowboys defense. The offense should have played better complementary football and not put them in that position because before then, the Cowboys defense had been playing well. I just think that they looked at that Buffalo Bills game and said, "We we cannot – have this happen to us in the playoffs what do we need to fix what needs to happen we need to execute better dan quinn went back in the lab and said we need to make some adjustments like brian is saying they made against the washington Commanders. so you're seeing new wrinkles in the scheme start to show up as well so i mean the matchups matter they've had some quality opponents though Uh, i mean they should have won against the Miami Dolphins you did win against the Detroit Lions uh, and then you go out and you basically you know shut the door on the Washington commanders by only allowing ten points uh, in the game where really it shouldn't have been even as close as 38 ten if the offense doesn't stumble a time or two so I just think the defense is is getting it together at the right time basically
5: I think you got some young guys that are kind of figuring it out yeah. I like think Marquise Bell. There was one time when they, when they when they ran that they ran that fourth down play that ended up being a screen to the outside and Clark made the play. It's like Clark beats the tackles block to the edge, which was great. But if you watch the end zone copy of it, Bell all of a sudden sees the motion. He sees trips to his right and he sees motion going that way. He hauls you know what. To get out there and, and get outside, it's like he never hesitated. It's like they're about to throw a screen on us here, and I got to get over there and make a play. Him, Clark, all those guys got over there in time to make the tackle. I mean, they they were outnumbered to start until until Bell and him ran over there and made that play. So I think he got some young guys that are playing a lot more football. They well, they've been playing all year, but it's it's really starting to click for them about. Okay, they're in this formation. They're going to do this to me. Oh, I've seen this before. They're about to do that to me. I, I think they're. I think they're having a much better feeling about where they need to be, where they need to fit in a lot of the scheme that Dan's asking them to play. Yeah, this is a uh, this
2: is a question that we probably should wait for the offseason. I don't throw it out there anyway because I just think it's an interesting question.
4: Oh, so you're just taking he's punning me. on he's punning on the
2: playoffs. That's what you can do when you're the host. Um, so so the question is. Marquise Bell and what we've seen from him this year. Remember that when you're the host this week. Right. Would you you consider bulking him up this offseason and keeping him a linebacker? Marquise Bell. Oh. What you've seen from him, the only knock you really have on him is that he gives up size. Yeah. Would you consider bulking him up and maybe making him a linebacker?
3: If you could do that. If he can sustain the weight. I, I First and foremost, I would absolutely keep him at linebacker. And the thing that helps me make that decision is the presence of Juanye Thomas, the emergence of Juanye Thomas. So there's that. Um, and I know that DeMarvion overshone is set to come back. And I love what DeMarvion Overshone brings as far as a super high ceiling. But you still need to see him on the field post-torn ACL, give him some time to acclimate. We've seen it with Michael Gallup. We've seen it with Terrence Steele. When it comes to these devastating injuries, especially the torn ACL, the guy isn't necessarily going to hit the ground running in his first several games back. So for me, I'm looking at Marquise Bell saying, continue to do next year what you're doing this year to give DeMarvion time to kind of get his groove because he was also a rookie. So he's still going to be a rookie because this is a redshirt season. He's going to have to go through the growing pains even when he's physically uh, 100% and mentally 100%. Now you got to learn the game. Mm. Now you got to understand how to make your reads. So I'm keeping Marquise Bell at linebacker going forward. To answer the second part, as far as him bulking up, I don't know if I necessarily want him to bulk up because I wonder how much of his ability as far as quickness would that take away. And that's my only concern. I'm not completely against it, but that would be my question mark. He looks like it. he has the frame for it. I mean, but go ahead.
5: Heck no. No. I wouldn't do this to this kid. I mean, and I and I mean this in all respect to everybody here, but I would not do I think to me I'm getting overshown back. I'm gonna draft one, probably a couple of them high. And then how much you know, like Trotter? Yeah, I, I I loved his dad. His dad was a hell of a player for me. That shows you how old I am. But but, but the, the thing about it is with Bell, man, you can use him in so many different ways. That's one of the reasons why, you know, we were we were talking about adding, you know, remember Shaq Leonard was a mm-hmm. question and adding him and could Shaq Leonard help? I was going to play Shaq Leonard at linebacker with Clark, and then I was going to take Bell, and I was going to just do him in a lot of different roles. I was going to move him around. I think if you ask him to sit there and play just play linebacker, he's just, he's okay. Mm-hmm. But you move him around and let him run and let him react and let him make tackles and let him, you know, if you want to create matchups. Kind of like, and, like what they do with the other safeties. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just, you know, let him be a part of that. And to me, I, I think you're taking away his strength if you just allow him just to be a linebacker. I I, he's proven to me he's more than tough enough, but now I'm gonna draft linebackers, get linebackers, and I'm gonna do other things with him to help my defense. Love it. Fair enough.
4: Great question, Derek. (laughs) I like your creative way of thinking.
5: <laughs> and oh yeah here comes a butt. it's a <laughs> compliment <then>. sandwich <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah i'm waiting but for no no i'm totally it. with no i'm
4: totally with brian and the reason is i remember all too well when we couldn't find a freaking safety to save our lives like the safety position was an issue for so many ever. years like ever so yeah. many years
2: going back to the early because you got okay
3: right?
4: yeah but i'm good let me keep my group <laughs> of safeties there untouched yeah. until further notice. So I'm, I, I like the way he's playing. I think it's one of those like if he's doing that way, like don't change it. Let keep letting him develop into what he's becoming. But yeah, I'm totally with drafting somebody. You're gonna need somebody. Really? And I wonder yeah. what they. Do you think that's the end of Layton?
5: Layden Bandrish. Yeah, I, th- I think that's I think a call it's a for, a very, uh, let's that's just say call. it's a very
3: real possibility. It's going to be a conversation between him, his loved ones. I think that's where we are with Leighton Van Der Esch. As we have this conversation, it's 50-50. And I just really want him to make the best decision for For himself himself, and for his family. And ultimately, I think that's where it goes. I think it's going to be a, a question for him and his family of, Hey, how
2: much, yeah, how much do we want to play around with this, that's or, scary, or do we yeah. want to just kind of call right. it quits? But he'll have to make that that call, I think. All right, we appreciate you guys, joining. So we're back tomorrow. We're gonna to do a little bigger picture view. I'm gonna do like a, a end of regular season recap. I got some a lots of questions for these He's guys. Quit on
5: the playoffs. i have
2: not end of regular season. I think it's because I got. She jinxed it. He quit on it. No, it's, we the, the fact of the matter is hey, sky- it, we got shows. We, we got, got a show next day. Everybody can. Usually day, so Tuesday's he, a big picture a day.
4: And it's like. So wash now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah usually
2: yeah. Tuesday's a big picture day. And now we don't have a big picture other than the playoffs. And there I there don't want to ruin all the topics of the playoffs until Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. She's the host. That's what we're going to do.
4: Let him do this. Let me host Let him, cook. Let him. Let
3: him cook. All right. We'll cook. be
2: back tomorrow. Till then, Patrick Walker, <laughs> Brian Roddus, Amber Garcia. I'm Derek Eagle, this has been The Break. Live on DallasCowboys.com radio.
0: This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!